What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive and Life podcast, and we're going to do something new here today. So for a while, I've wanted to add in a third variation of episodes. Right now on Tuesdays, I'm releasing short, motivational inspiring episodes. And then on Thursdays, I release guests. And I'm not saying that I'm going to release three episodes a week moving forward. But what I want to do is start doing some solo and some extra guest episodes that are more focused on specific topics and providing more value to you, the end listener, so that you can take practical advice into your life and help your and help make your life better, make your life more fulfilling, happy, healthy, and maybe you want to make more money. Maybe you want to meet more people. Maybe you want to start this new thing that doesn't necessarily make as much money, but makes you happier. So there's a lot of different things that we talk about here on the show. And I've reflected for a while now on where is the direction that I want to take this in the long run. And one of the things that I think I've been holding back on is just sharing my story and other people's stories, the the nitty and the gritty of how we can help other people improve and thrive on life. So one of the first um, things that I want to go through here today is how did Thrive on Life even start to exist and become an entity where I put my heart, soul, and everything that I do uh, into this to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses Thrive. And specifically, I get asked every once in a while, like how to start a business or I'm at my corporate job and I really want to quit or start my own thing or start a side hustle. And I'm not always sure how to articulate the best way of somebody to go about doing that because for each individual person, it's going to be a little bit different. But what I've done is I've reflected and found some principles and tactics that I think can help anybody out there basically get started on either their own side hustle, their own business, or just something that they want to do and work on uh, that's a little bit more fulfilling to them outside of their current job or career. So the first thing I want to go over is how did I end up getting into entrepreneurship in the first place? And it really started when I was probably about like 12 or 13. I was babysitting four little girls across the street. Well, it was three. And then the family ended up having a fourth little girl uh, right when I stopped babysitting them. But at that time, I was making cash um, every single week to babysit them. And I learned really quickly uh, how to put money in the bank and then save it up and then spend it on the things that I wanted or needed. What that looked like at the time was like skateboards and cleats and different things that uh, my parents told me, you need to go work hard and earn them yourselves. So that's what I did. And it helped me kind of realize two things that you don't necessarily have to be qualified per se to 
basically sell yourself into something and be valuable. So what I mean by this is I was a 12, 13 year old kid and most people wouldn't look at me then as like, oh my God, this is somebody that could come in and tutor my kid or somebody that could come in and help little girls. Like I literally was a 13 year old boy, but uh, my my mom and my neighbor had a really good relationship and I've always been really good with kids and I'd love to teach and educate uh, ever since then. And what I realized was I was good at doing that and educating and leading um, young people and that carried over for the rest of my life. So what I really want to convey here is you don't necessarily have to be qualified to do the thing. And at first, like on paper, I wasn't qualified to handle helping somebody with their homework or to even manage two or three children when I consider myself at the time a child myself, but I was up for the challenge and I worked hard and I listened and I wanted to do really well. And that's what I did. And then the second thing was that the best jobs typically aren't the ones that are on the market. The things that you kind of like run into or stumble upon because you're just living your life typically are the best things that are around. And what I mean by this is if you go on job boards and things like that, yes, there's going to be a lot of jobs that might interest you, but you're better off really getting out there, putting yourself out there and knowing the market and knowing the industry and knowing people around you and almost creating your own job because they believe in you and they want to bring you into their brand, their mission, or their company. So I learned that from a very early age. And those two principles have helped me tremendously in my entrepreneurial journey of just like any job that I feel like I can do, I'm just going to show up and do it. And I don't care about my qualification. Um, And the second thing is I don't rely on other people to tell me that that job even exists. I just go press full force on whatever I'm trying to do and get after it. So there's some quick principles of kind of like my story and how that started, but what did it look like in my adult life? So I went to school for engineering at Rutgers University, systems and industrial engineering. I got a job at UBS Wealth Management right out of college. And when I was working in Nashville, Tennessee, what started happening was people would notice that I would go to the gym and that I would work out and that I would train and they'd start making comments of like, oh, like I wish I had a trainer or I wish you could help me uh, hit some of my goals, whether it was nutrition or in the gym. And at first I kind of downplayed it and just like brushed it off and acted like I just didn't have the time. It was like, I have my full-time job. I have my own life. Uh, I don't really want to take the time to help other people. Um, but then I started reflecting and asking myself, okay, like what would be the path to making some extra income? Um, I was dating Erin at the time and she was in Houston and I was in Nashville and I was flying to her every once in a while and we were planning trips and, um, I definitely had planned to propose to her at the time. So I was asking myself, like, how do I make some extra income? So then I thought back to my college days when I would train some of my roommates in exchange for them helping me study. So I consider myself somebody that's sharp, but I wasn't the most intelligent uh, in the engineering school, not even by a long shot. Like I had to work really hard to make things happen there, um, but I was really good uh, in the gym and training and, and, and sports and things of that nature have always been natural to me. And I learned really quickly, another principle of entrepreneurship is like how to trade and how to barter. So in the corporate world, you think like, oh, like I do this work and I exchange 
my time and the value that I put with my time in exchange for a paycheck. And in the entrepreneurial world, when you don't necessarily have money or have resources, you got to learn to be really, really good at how to barter and leverage different things. And I had learned this in college where I was like leveraging my knowledge in the gym and for sports and training, and then getting in exchange more knowledge in my brain so that I could do better uh, on the tests and different things that I was doing in the engineering school. So I was in Nashville, Tennessee, and people started asking me this, and I started looking into, okay, what is a pathway for me to start taking on clients? And this is where uh, there's two pieces of advice that you're going to get, two different kinds of advice that you're going to get from people. They're either going to say, like, start training the person immediately. Whoever says um, they want to be your client or they want you to help them, just immediately say yes and then figure it out. Um, I would say that in a lot of cases, this is a great way to go about it. But because I have lived in the gym and health and wellness industry and I didn't want to basically take on that risk of somebody injuring themselves and um, suing me and just other things that I had already known just basically because I lived in the corporate world, I knew how things worked. Uh, I took the time to seek out like what is an accredited certification that I could get that would allow me to take on clients and have not necessarily, I already had the knowledge, but have the accreditation where I'm somebody that has this knowledge. And if I share this information with them, um, it's valid. And um, I'm going to basically cross all my X's and O's so that nothing can come back to me and I reduce my risk. Um, on top of that, I looked into the different insurances that I could get so that when I was training somebody, what would happen if, if somebody got injured or yeah, just anything that would happen, um, potentially happen to protect myself. So that was another principle I learned early on in my life. Um, my father actually helped me with this. It's just like protecting your downside is just like thinking out all the scenarios and figuring out how you can manage your risk and make sure that you're kind of like one step ahead of the game so that even if something does happen, uh, you can adapt and you make sure that you're just covering your bases. So as soon as I figured out like, okay, I can get this NASM certification for X price. I am going to get this insurance. The next step to anything in business is like, okay, how do I get clients? And for me, um, this just came naturally because I am a socialite. I'm an, uh, I'm, I call, I consider myself a, an introverted extrovert, meaning I gain energy from people, but I do like to be alone and get my energy, um, restored, um, and then I go back out, give that energy, get fueled up from, from that. But I can't necessarily just go, 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 go all the time. I do like my alone time to think and strategize and things like that. Um, or is it extroverted, introvert? One of the, whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know exactly the, the phrases, but um, I do like my alone time. But if I have too much of that, I go crazy. And I do like to be a lot of, around a lot of people. And because of that, uh, I've always been good at talking to diverse people. Um, you can put me kind of in any room and I'll leave with a friend. And I knew from the start that this is the best way to kind of get your foot in the door in anything is just to put yourself out there. So what I started doing is doing that in person and digitally. So I would go to different classes, go to different gyms, uh, just really putting myself in the environments that would that you would pick a, up a client in. I also did this on the digital space and I knew that in the digital space, a lot of um, 
trust is built through like testimonials and who you've helped in the past. So what I did was even when I wasn't a trainer, I'd helped people with their health, with their nutrition. So I asked them to write me a quick um, testimonial and a quick review. And then I put those up. I put that up on a few sites, got a quick couple nibbles and got my first couple of clients. And the difference between, I think me and anybody else that uh, starts in this world or start is starting a project because I went to systems engineering and industrial engineering. Like I learned how to kind of like pre-build out systems. So I learned how to scale before I even would scale. So again, this is counterintuitive advice. A lot of people out there would be like, don't worry about your 10th client until you get your first client. Um, but I knew that I would get my 10th client and I didn't want to have to plan and, and iterate for the 10th client on the fly. I wanted to just think through like, okay, if I got one client this month, two next month, and then had a total of 10 uh, by the end of this quarter, what type of systems would I need? So from invoicing to uh, payment, um, that's the same thing. I don't know why I'm repeating that. So from payment to what information I'm giving them, like am I putting them in a Google Drive, am I putting them in an app, am I putting them... Um, on my email, like where am I placing them so that they're getting information from me? Are they texting me? Am I putting them in a WhatsApp group? Like, what does that look like? What are they doing to track their workouts and their nutrition? Is it my fitness pal? What is it? What is the actual product? How are we communicating? Uh, what are the financials behind it? So there's different things that you think through um, prior to even getting your first client. Now, if you're somebody that like doesn't, that gets overwhelmed by, by thinking about this, don't do that. Just figure out your first client first and then stack bricks on top of that. Um, but I knew that I would be working with 5, 10, 15, 20 clients um, rather quickly. So I built that system out first. I went online. I looked at what other systems people are using. And then I built that out. And that allowed me to scale up pretty quickly. So as soon as I got the first couple of clients, my first objective was to set a goal and then help them hit a goal. And in the beginning, most people's goals is like aesthetics or they want to lose weight, things like that. But the reality is most people want to build confidence and they want to have the confidence to get a better job or talk to that girl or guy or confidence to public speak. They want more confidence in their life. And whether it's fitness or any other industry, we buy products to make us feel good improve our mood, and make us more confident throughout each and every day. So the reason I'm telling you this is when you're starting off in whatever you're doing, you want to clearly understand what the problem is and that it might not be what your customer is saying to you. Like the true problem that people have is like when you're overweight or you're unhealthy, it is a knock on your confidence. So the underlying root is like, I want to feel confident in my own body. Yes, the 30 pounds, losing the 30 pounds helps me get there, but the root is the confidence. So when I thought about like what boosts people's morale and confidence, it's seeing a change. Now, the problem in personal training is like if I told you to stop eating, stop drinking fluids, you'd lose weight really, really quickly. But is that the healthiest approach? No. And when we're in the gym, if you've never been in the gym before, if you can't really progress really fast, you're not really going to see that big of a change on the scale or in photos that first month, two months, three months. And that's by nature. Like you shouldn't like if you build a sustainable program, there shouldn't be that much change in, in 
month over month. It should really be a drastic change over a year, two years, three years, five years, and building healthy principles and a healthy lifestyle. But how do I build the trust with that person that I can help them hit that goal if they're not going to see the change right away? So I thought this through and I built out a video system where I'd have them do a workout the first day that they would come uh, to work with me. And then 30 days later, they do the same exact workout. So I did this workout where it was like, do as many reps of a pushup as you can do in 30 seconds, do as many squats as you can in 30 seconds, so on and so forth. And then what we did was we compared the videos on day 30 versus day one, and they had more than doubled their reps and they can do them better, like better form. They're not as tired. They can continue the workout. So what happened to a lot of people is like they do that first workout and like, holy shit, I don't know if I can even go the rest of this workout. It was only 15 minutes. And then by day 30, they do that 15 minutes and like, oh, like I can still go the extra half an hour or hour that we needed to be here. Reason I'm telling you this, yes, this is dealing with personal training um, specifically because that's a business I built to kind of exit myself from the corporate world, but it's just teaching you principles of how to think about starting something. It's about how to go and get your first clients, how to build trust, how to understand the root cause of what your customer or client is approaching you for, and then how to build systems to scale up so that you can handle more clients. So yes, I created this system and, and got the, the clients in there, but if I could not sustainably serve them over the long run, they're not going to stay with me and then I'm just going to lose them and then consistently have to sell. And I don't really want to do that. I want to keep great clients, help them hit their problems, and then have them refer me uh, other great clients. So that was the next step in my um, kind of like, trajectory in the entrepreneurial space was understanding, okay, if I got a great client, well, what's the, if I, if I focus really hard on helping him, what's the best way to get another one of him? Well, it's leveraging him and like, what, how do I incentivize you to talk about me and tell other people around you that I've helped you solve some of your problems and referrals and affiliates and ambassadors are huge in the entrepreneurial space and they're all built off of trust. So if you focus early on, on what type of service do you build that is going to service or product, do you build to build trust with your specific target customer? And then how do you incentivize them to naturally talk about you to other people that are like them? You're going to continue to have a full book of customers and clients. And you got to give them a way to do that um, because if they're just talking about you, it might not close as well as like if they shared the testimony or you created a video uh, a before and after and things like that. So I don't want to ramble on too much on this episode. It was really just about telling you how I got started in the entrepreneurial space. And it literally was as simple as people were coming to me with a problem I felt like I could help them solve that problem. Now, a lot of people, when they go to start their business or start that side hustle, they're solving the problem for themselves. So you have a problem in your life and like, I want to go solve this thing. Um, the first thing you're going to want to do though, is to understand, does this, is this a big enough problem to solve for other people? So is this, this unique to me or is there a lot of other people out there? And that's where you do some market testing. So market testing, market test your idea, uh, either go online and, and talk to some friends or, um, create some surveys and market test that. But if you have something where people are coming to you already, the first step that you want to do 
is kind of like go down the same path that I did is reduce your risk and, and figure out what is it that you really need to do. If, if you're planning to do this for a year, five years, 10 years, like don't half-ass it, like do the real steps. Um, and something I didn't talk about that was a real step on here is like making sure that you set up your business bank account and an LLC, like having that buy-in, spending that $500 and going to get that business bank account so that you can do your taxes the following year rather easily is going to not only create more buy-in for you, like you're going to, because you drop the money on the LLC and you, you set it up, um, you're going to kind of force yourself to really give it a good crack at going into that idea. Um, but you're going to help like reduce the risk of headache later on down the line. You don't want to, you don't want to backtrack. Uh, you want to just always be focused on how do I move forward with less friction? And the way to do that is to really just get all your ducks in a row, reduce your risk, get the LLC, go get your business bank account. Um, and it's something that I did very early on and then separated my, my business from my personal. Now you might be, have followed me and have wondered like, okay, like how did you go from personal training to whatever the fuck it is that you do today? Cause that's another question that I get. I'll answer another time, but there's a bunch of different things that I'll do, whether it's coaching or consulting or investing uh, on a daily basis. And what ended up happening was the, the whole like referral system. So at first I was personal training and then I had people reach out to me asking me like, well, how are you building your business as a personal trainer? And I would then help them build their personal training business or their, their fitness business. And then fitness people always know a lot of different types of people. And then they'd say, well, you need to go to CJ for your systems and helping your business. And I had always wanted to like kind of get into the business consultation path. And I didn't really know how to crack into it. And immediately once I saw that, okay, there was a path from personal training to helping other health and wellness businesses grow to specifically being like a business coach and business consultant uh, to help people with their initial systems and, and reducing their risk um, and ultimately just connecting them with the right people because I consider myself a serial connector and we get so much more done in a more effective way uh, if we leverage our relationships and understand that there's people that are basically professionals at the things that we are terrible at. So just integrating myself with other people that are running businesses uh, in a, a variety of different ways, that's kind of how it parlayed into that. From the get-go, I had never really thought uh, I would be sitting here like hosting a podcast, doing YouTube videos, um, investing in different companies, investing in the stock market. If I go back like 10, 10 years ago, that was not a thought. My thought was, um, how do I solve some problems for myself and just continue to work hard each and every day? And the reason I'm telling you that is if you've listened all the way to this point and you want to start something, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Remember, it's just like building a brick. Uh, building a house is just like starts with the first brick. So just like put your first brick down. What can you do today? Maybe it's learn something new. Maybe it's reach out to somebody new. Maybe it's talking to me. Um, whatever it is, move your needle forward just one brick at a time and you'll be really surprised uh, what your ten year, your next ten years looks like if you just focus on on that every day. So in in a little uh, segment here, it's twenty two minutes. I wanted to shoot for twenty. Um, that's really how I got started in my entrepreneurial journey and how Thrive on Life started to exist. Um, I didn't talk about the brand in this video only because 
Uh, I've talked about it before. Maybe I'll, I'll do a 20 minute segment on the brand Thrive on Life and how it started, but I really just wanted to get out there like kind of a step-by-step how I got involved in business and how that transitioned into a lot of the things that I'm doing here today. If you have any questions in the health and wellness space, podcasting, YouTube, uh, content in general, or business consultation, business coaching, uh, specifically kind of like in that um, systems and marketing space, I'd love to help you. If you're somebody that's sitting at a desk job right now or you have a career and you're looking to pivot, uh, I've done that before and I've helped other people do that as well. So that's one of my specialties. I'd love to help you in that arena. And if you're somebody out there that's listening and you're a new father uh, or you're in a marriage that uh, you love to invest time into your family, your wife, and and building great relationships uh, with them, that's something that I'm heavily interested in as well and, and spend a lot of time doing. So love would, would love to connect you with that, connect with you on that. So until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Love podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.